0: Attention, listener, I have an assignment for you. Your mission, should you choose to accept it, is to engage with the Real Nerds, a.k.a. the best podcast on the internet. You can listen to their episodes on their website, realnerdspodcast.com. And you can also listen to them on Spotify, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, and iTunes. Follow their social media pages on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. This message will self-destruct never.
1: Shot in a real nerd can follow the plot in a real nerd. Can fa- talk through
2: film. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Take it outside.
1: Well, a real nerd knows who shot and a real nerd can follow
2: the plot and a real nerd. Look at all the gods. Let's go to action.
1: This. Israel Nerd's podcast, unofficially the official podcast of your movie-going needs. I am Ryan, and I am joined by a whole host of nerds this week. We have Corinne.
0: Hello, everybody.
1: And Zach. Yeah, I'm here, and probably the greatest real nerd ever besides me, Brad.
3: Thank you, thank you. Uh, I'm I'm glad to finally be, be back on this podcast. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Finally, and that's
3: a joke because I've been on it for like a hundred and twenty-plus episodes straight. So,
1: yeah, I, I haven't fired you yet. So,
3: I'll it's find good. a way. I'll, <laughs> yeah, I'll do something wrong. You, you'll you'll see.
1: <laughs> you'll seize. Y'all seize. Every week we see a new movie and we podcast our experience of the world. This week we partaked in Disney Plus Day and streamed Pinocchio. Stay tuned till the end of the episode. Well, actually, that's our old format. Uh, We will tell you if we recommend the film or not, play the trailer, and then spoil the movie. And, yeah, spoil that 80-year-old remake. Yeah. Uh, We also talk about the big movie news of the week, and the one thing you either want to talk about or recommend Um. Yeah, that's what we do. How, how's everybody's week going? I feel like I haven't talked to Zach in a long time.
2: Yeah, um, it's 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 a week. It's been a week. Um, got two got two calls for an interview, so we'll see how that plays out. Didn't you have dinner uh, with
1: Lloyd Kaufman? I thought that's what you're going to lead with.
2: Oh yeah, no, of course, yeah. That that uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, so uh, I was working the Colorado Festival of Horror with uh, Zach Bynes, our friend from. Past film slogans and talking trauma. And, uh, he and, uh, Lloyd were working the trauma booth. So I actually helped out, uh, a good majority of the weekend at the trauma booth. And, uh, they invited us all to dinner with Lynn Lowry. Um, which was, which was interesting because they, one of her earliest films was a Lloyd Kaufman film. And so it's just me, Bynes, Richard Taylor. Lloyd and Lynn all talking and swapping stories and Lloyd praising, you must remember this and, uh, us talking a little bit about the stuff they talk about on that show and, um, learning some more stuff about, uh, uh, Zach's history with trauma and whatnot. So that was fun. It was fun to talk with Lloyd about golden age, Hollywood stuff. And, um and lynn lowry when she found out i was into jack benny stuff she was like oh i love jack benny so i'm just like it's it runs the gamut guys it runs the fucking gamut
1: nice grin you you've been gone for a while too what you've been up to
0: oh nothing too much just working on projects for work nothing super exciting
1: yeah that was really boring but cool i'm glad you're doing well (laughs)
0: Thanks. How about you, Ryan? Everything going all right in Clear Creek County?
1: All I do is work and then take care of my kid. And then I start again.
2: So are you saying that you work 17 years and what do you get? Another day older and deeper in debt?
1: Yep. Okay. And no one cares.
2: <laughs> Does nobody Brad? know the trouble you see?
1: <laughs> ha, Brad, how is your hand?
3: Uh, It's uh, about the same as when you saw it yesterday.
2: Brad, what happened to your hand?
3: (laughs) Uh, I lost it in a lightsaber duel.
2: Did somebody tell you that they were your real father? Is that how this happened?
3: Yes. No, I was uh, doing my Instacart, and I got my first on-the-job injury by carrying a heavy bucket between two cars that were really close together in the dark, and I just totally wanged it on someone's side mirror, and it uh, swelled up pretty bad, and yeah. Hurt like
0: hell. Uh, Yikes. I hope it's not broken or anything.
3: I don't think so.
2: Was it a radioactive car window that you wanged it on? That way you could become a car superhero? No. Or maybe it
0: was coated in toxic chemicals that might have blinded you, but also given you superpowers?
2: Mm Mm-hmm.
3: Nope. Nothing that cool. Just hard
0: as fuck.
2: Or or you're just a fucking (laughs) transformer. Uh...
3: Yeah, probably shattered some blood vessels. That's about it.
1: Damn. Yeah, it kind of looked like you like it got smashed, and it like busted a bunch of blood vessels, and it's like an injury that you really can't do anything about except realize that it hurts.
3: Yeah, like it's still like I touch it, it still kind of feels like, know. Uh, like if you picked it, a, a mosquito bite, you know, like that kind yeah. of
1: like stinging kind of, yeah.
3: Like, it really sucks to try to, like, grab my wallet out of my pants. It's oh, like, sure. oh, oh yeah, that's going to hurt. Yeah, it's oh. just like every time I put it in, I'm like, oh. <laughs> squeezing oh. it.
1: <laughs> Will you reach into my pocket and pull my wallet out? <laughs> <laughs>
0: oh, it's uh, face, it's face.
3: I'm really weak. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, but yeah, no, no, nothing cool. Like, uh, you know, I never get to sit down and have dinner with celebrities who also like Ninja Turtles or something. So,
2: two no cool be- stories there. You know, you know what, Brad? Uh we your presence was missed at the con, and I bet you that you would have also gotten to play Toxie uh at the booth had you been there. So you got, you well, got to play Toxie at the booth? Think. Yeah, uh, I did. Yeah. Courtney posted the pictures, so I guess it can be revealed. I I played Toxie at the booth for twenty minutes. <laughs> what
3: were you saying, Ryan? Uh,
1: I guess we figured out how uh Zach feels about us. He didn't invite us to his celebrity dinner. I, I found out about
3: no. it on instagram <laughs> I, know. A minute. I was a shakespeare shakespeare shit storm no one invited me to dinner
1: Yep. <laughs> i was i was i, 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 I was like dragging dog.
3: my feet trying not to leave and people are like you still hanging around here i'm like yeah I'll just see if anything's happening and then yeah i uh i was like okay it seems like everything's dead and then oh. all these guys i was hanging out with went to dinner and there i was at home
2: that was that was the day after, bud. This was during I, I the festival I itself.
3: I feel tripping you.
2: <laughs> I'm actually shocked. No, that no, we, we, get, we, we
1: get it, Zach. We're, we're, we're peons, okay? Okay, gotcha. First, first it's Twombly, and now it's freaking not letting us have dinner with Lloyd Kaufman. Do we embarrass well, you? <laughs>
2: uh, no, no, you don't. In fact, I would have loved for you to have been there because you probably could have talked with him about Cary Grant. <laughs> Because everybody loves Cary Grant. Even Lloyd Kaufman loves Cary Grant. You see, I
1: turned down Shakespeare's shit show. Um,
2: (laughs) That'd be amazing if Cary Grant turned down Shakespeare's shit store.
1: (laughs) That's what he does. uh, Anyway, thanks everybody for being on. Um, Let's kick off the show like I always like to kick off the show. Zach, do you recommend the reimagined Pinocchio?
2: no uh I don't I, I we'll talk more about it but I feel like this this film suffers from a multitude of issues not the least of which being the script itself um and that sounds strange because it's kind of lifting from the original film but it's a matter of dialogue that really irked me um it looks beautiful um, I would watch it for the animation alone, but that's that's
1: about it. That's literally about it. Corinne, do you recommend Pinocchio?
0: Um, you know, if I hadn't rewatched the old one right before the new one, I might have been a little bit more forgiving. But just seeing the new one and being able to draw those comparisons so clearly, I was like, wow, this really falls flat where the old one um, just... Shown so much brighter and was just way, I don't know, like there. It definitely had like a genesis claw sort of quality. Whereas the new one, it was just like, there are good parts about it, but man, that ending fell so flat. I was like, I think you just completely missed the point of what this whole story is supposed to be about. So, I, yeah, I don't think I would recommend it to people, maybe some people, but not everybody. It's not the worst of the Disney remakes, but it's not the best either.
1: Brad, do you recommend Pinocchio? Uh, if
3: you're someone who watched the original Disney version and thought to yourself, man, this would be improved if it was in like more three dimensional, then, uh, yeah, then I guess you, you probably enjoy this. Uh, but if, uh, you're not a huge Pinocchio, uh, fan and, uh, Wanted something with a more depth. uh, It's not this movie.
1: So. uh, Pinocchio is my favorite. Animated film of all time. In fact. It's my second favorite film of all time. Um, So. A part of me. Will always like Pinocchio. And. This version of it. I don't think there's anything. Egregiously wrong with it. I I think it's just exists and it doesn't add anything to Pinocchio. Um, We'll get into it later, but uh, yeah, I mean, I think it's okay. Uh, It's, it's there. Um, If you have Disney plus and you're looking for a family movie, you can watch it. Kellen liked it. So here's the trailer for Pinocchio. You wouldn't want that on my conscience. Everybody who's anybody wants to be a somebody.
0: But I want to be real.
1: Why on earth would you want to be real when you can be famous?
2: (laughs) Nokia should have been home by now. some sort of fairy magic. Kind of on the
3: nose, if you ask me.
1: In case you don't know um, the story that's, you know, 80 years old by a movie and uh, you know, don't know the story of wishing for him to be a real boy uh, or Geppetto is a woodcarver who wishes his marionette puppet Pinocchio as a real boy and uh, he's granted that wish by the Blue Fairy, and Pinocchio must learn to be a good person to become a real boy, which um, I don't know if it's really clearly explained in this version. Um, and it, it's bizarre because this film had a lot of the same beats as the original, but it was 20 minutes longer, and some of the pacing was different and stretched mm-hmm. out. Um, the, the two biggest things for me that kept it from being a magical experience because I loved the design of Pinocchio in it. I thought he looked great. I love seeing the little uh, wood grains in him and his gloves. I adored. Um, but I, I don't understand what the, the point of the, the seagull was like, that was just unnecessary. And two, um, Jiminy Cricket is reluctant to be Pinocchio's conscience, which I thought was really an unusual choice too. Where in this one he's really driven by the fact to help. Uh, in the old one, he's really driven by the fact to help Pinocchio, and in this one, he's reluctantly helping
2: him. They describe him as a little bit more opportunistic than,
1: yeah.
2: Um, Adler,
1: yeah. Uh, uh Yeah, you Jiminy, and and you know, Joseph Gordon-Levitt is fine as Jiminy.
0: Um, mm-hmm.
1: I think I think the the script lets him down in that regard because I think he's playing it how it's written. Um, it's just you know, he he made it a emphasis, he emphasized the point a lot that he's just a temporary conscience, Mm
2: -hmm. you
1: know? And and I I think that's what I really missed in in this version. I think Tom Hanks is fun as Geppetto. Um, I I love the part, uh, where they're in the ocean with Monstro and he says, you know, I became famous. (laughs) He says, you became famous. And I just love the, and then he says, you did all this in one day. It's just like funny. Um, But yeah, there's just something about it loses a little bit of the luster um, Mm -hmm. and the heart, I guess, is what I think is the biggest thing.
2: I don't, I don't know. First of all, let me, let me backtrack a slight bit. There are two performances in this film that I really enjoyed. One was Joseph Gordon-Levitt as Jiminy Cricket because that was about as close you were going to get to Cliff Edwards without getting one of the in-house Disney uh, voice artists who can do a Cliff Edwards. Uh, and I liked Keegan, Michael Key as honest, John uh, a lot. I thought he was good.
1: It's John,
2: Even though, again, the issues I have are with the script and the dialogue. And I, I, I don't know how else to describe it, but there was a poignant line for me when, um, uh, Tom Hanks says something to the effect of like, to the seagull, I have some nice garbage here for you. <laughs> and I was like, oh, I don't like this film making fun of me right now. Um, because like, I just feel like the dialogue of this film was trying too much to capture some kind of self awareness that I-, I like that stuff in measure nowadays, but I don't like it shoved in my face anymore unless it's scream. And I just kind of felt like this movie doesn't need it. The story of a wooden puppet trying to be a real boy should stand on its own two legs. And I just don't know if it... I don't know if the dialogue supports the story they're trying to tell. Uh, But what's beautiful about this film, honestly, is just, it looks amazing. Uh, There's a scene... The scene where Pinocchio is being tempted away by Honest John and Gideon and Jiminy Cricket's out to stop him and Gideon grabs that hammer. I had this like brief moment where I was like, this is what a live action Looney Tune cartoon movie is going to look like because the motion and the animation of Gideon swinging that hammer and having a bonk him like that, that just felt like an Acme cartoon to me. And I was like overjoyed by that because it immediately called to mind. This is the man who made Roger Rabbit. He knows how to do comic t- gag timing like that. Um, but yeah, I mean, and Pleasure Island is. It, there's points where it doesn't look super seamless, but like the debauchery that he's able to get away with on screen is quite remarkable. Um, and the only real thing you get rid of from the original one is they replace beer with root beer and get rid of the cigars. So, um, but yeah. And then uh, Corinne, I'm curious what you meant about the ending um, because I, I have some issues with the ending myself, but I don't know if we have the same, Idea with it.
0: Well, I mean, the literal, like the last second where it's like, well, did he really become a real boy? Like, who's to say? That pissed me off. But then just like thinking about it again, that whole last scene with Geppetto, I don't know, like everything from when Pinocchio's like face down to when he, you know, at least again, having rewatched the animated version so recently. And like that scene where Geppetto wakes up and he sees Pinocchio face down in the water and he's like, Oh my gosh. And then it, you know, like cuts over to Pinocchio's like little lifeless wooden corpse lying on the bed and Geppetto's like praying and crying and stuff. And then he comes to life as the real boy and all that. It's like that scene just hits you so hard after you've seen Pinocchio go through so much. And then this, the new one, it's like Pinocchio wakes up and he's fine. And it's Geppetto who's dead and then Pinocchio brings him back to life with some Tangled crying bullshit (laughs) like they pulled the exact same bullshit from Tangled where like the tear has magical powers to bring people back to life and then it was almost like I could hear Offset somebody was like hey Tom Hanks like we've got you know five minutes like wrap this movie up in this scene right now (laughs) we ain't got time to linger this is the final day of shooting let's go and then you know Geppetto just like real quick is like well you know uh you, you know you might not be a real boy but you know you you learn your lesson and whatever so you're basically a real boy okay let's go walk over into that cave
2: yeah and that was I, it well do you do see him slightly transform i in rewatching yes yeah, i know so but
0: it was still so stupid i was I, like you missed the landing completely i yeah. would have been fine with the movie if they just stuck the landing but it is like it, what was even the point?
2: I I think the issue is it's like, I mean, like ultimately the ending is going to be what it's going to be. If you're trying to go for that angle, I just feel like the jungle book from 2016 landed that subversion of the expectation way better. And part of it's I feel cause it earned it. And I don't know if this movie earned it. Um, They do certainly make me feel for Pinocchio. Like the scene where he gets kicked out of the school is like, Oh man, shoot, that's brutal. (laughs) Like, uh, but, uh, yeah, the uh I did like the addition of the Sabina character, uh this this woman who help, help tries to help him escape from uh Stromboli. I, I thought that was a pretty nice little addition. It Pinocchio, Ryan, you'd say it's episodic. The original one is pretty much an episodic story, more or less.
1: Oh yeah, that's exactly what it is.
2: So like and, and I saw some people on online going, like, this character's not needed and I'm like, well, technically none of these characters are needed because it's episodic. <laughs> so I don't mind that addition, and I actually think it's a kind of nice, sweet little touch. Uh, the seagull, I'm kind of like... I
0: she would have made more of an impact on the plot, though, because she doesn't end up helping Pinocchio escape. And then I guess at the end, she comes back only to give Pinocchio some kind of a, a test of like, oh, come with us and be famous. But he decides to go help his father, and then that's when the donkey ears and the tail disappears. And that's it. Yeah. It's the only impact on the plot that she has.
2: Mm, gotcha and here's the question i have for everybody because i think one of the most impacting scenes in pinocchio from 1940 has to be the donkey uh, the, uh lampwick transforming into a donkey <clears throat> i did not feel the sense of peril <laughs> that um that the original version instills uh and i think that that was a missed mark and i don't know If that's because it doesn't seem like that's Zemeckis' decision. That seems like it's a Disney decision because that scene could have been way scarier because I know Zemeckis is capable of doing that. And it just felt a little bit. I don't know. I I don't know how else to describe it. Like for some reason, the only time that I was like truly getting the shivers was when his hand starts kind of slowly turning into a hoof, but I shouldn't expect. Where American werewolf in London level transformation in this movie, but I was like hoping for some kind of weird middle ground and I just didn't get it. I think think part part of of the reason
0: that.
1: Go ahead, Corinne.
0: Oh, sorry. Um, I think part of the reason that scene doesn't have teeth that the other one does is also because at least, uh, in the new one, they kind of cut out or they at least trimmed down the scene where Jiminy sees the the donkeys going on to the ship and like them getting shipped out. And like the, whoever's like the crew or something like tearing the clothes off and the one donkey can still talk. And the coachman's like, ah, no, throw this one back. And they're all screaming, mama, mama, and all this. And it's like, God, that That, scene is so heartbreaking. and
1: That's, that's a good point. That is a good point. Yeah. (laughs) I think a lot of it too, as you lose something, in CGI that you get in hand drawn Mm -hmm. and that's the emotion. And there's a disconnect I think with completely CGI characters that you can't replicate when it's hand drawn because when it's hand drawn, the people pour their souls into it. I'm not diminishing the artists that do the CGI, but there's something that's missing in it.
2: It's the difference between an army of people versus the, key animators from either the nine old the eventual nine old men or the original founders that is yeah you're right they're putting their souls into it and it's not to say that the artists aren't putting their souls into it but it's an army of people working on several different moving parts in the cg realm and there's going to be a disconnect in that because it's lacking uh what i mean ryan it's the definitive characteristic of disney animation is personality animation and i Pinocchio has personality but like every all the personality seems like r- ripped right from the movie and it doesn't have its own personality it's almost like I wish there was some way that you could have inflected something there needs to be something extra to make this stand out or otherwise it's just going to be lifted directly from uh from the 1940s and not standing on its own two wooden legs as it were.
1: Uh, Brad you're quiet do you want uh, chip you in were, on
2: this your review of the film was hilarious <laughs>
1: <laughs> thank you um,
3: if you're wondering what Zach's talking about you can read my review on Letterboxd uh, I just think that you know whenever um, Pinocchio came out of the water for an extended period of time he should have like slowly just turned into like a warped mess <laughs> you know how wood you know in water yeah. will expand and 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 warp <laughs> yeah that would, that would have been funny funny addition <laughs> you know i'm thinking of new stuff for this movie uh they could have done also um, are
0: we going to overlook how he basically became like a motorboat there at the end like this little wooden puppet has the power of like an engine
3: yeah sure i haven't seen the original in a long time so a lot it's of what i was watching a, a lot of what i was watching was uh you know what i re- remembered the movie to be so yeah, the whole experience just felt like I was, uh, watching the same movie. And now you're talking about it. I am remembering like the new things like, uh, the girl with the leg and, um, um, shoot, what else? The fact that Geppetto, you know, was the one unconscious at the end and stuff, but, um, yeah. And also I, I didn't understand why initially Geppetto, you know, he works for himself. I don't see why. like he sets his own hours i don't see why you could just walk that kid to his first day at school um instead he just makes him figure it out on his own uh because he is a recluse dealing with the you know the death of his family and um yeah i never got the impression that uh he ever made you know he apologizes for making pinocchio feel like he wanted a real boy i'm like i don't remember a scene where he looked disappointed that he didn't have a real boy. He seemed pretty excited that his uh, wooden doll came to life the whole time. Yeah. So, yeah. I don't know where Pinocchio got into his head that Geppetto was disappointed in him. So that that ending felt kind of unnecessary. Um,
0: I also noticed how they changed some of the dialogue from the Blue Fairy, because in the original, she says something like, Geppetto you spent so much time and energy like making other children happy so you deserve like a kid of your own or something along those lines and so that's why she brings Pinocchio to life whereas in this one it's like that weird thing with the light from the star shooting into the picture frame shooting into the puppet That was weird it's like oh let's resurrect his dead son in the form of this puppet like this is a little creepy
1: yeah, I yeah I know Zach mentioned he liked Gonis John as Keegan Michael Michael Key, but I actually wasn't that big of a fan of him. And also, like even with a Blue Fairy, I think some of the characters got shortened. I mean, even when you wish upon a star, when she comes in, yeah, uh, is shorter. Um, high diddly, High Diddle D uh, is shortened, um, and then they add a couple songs that. Are okay it's just like the personality's gone and i and the little boy who plays pinocchio is is good um but there's an innocence to dickie jones's uh voice work that even though this kid was really good in it and the new one it's missing and i don't think it's the kid's fault i think it goes back to the uh the overall feel of the project you know in, in in the 1941 dickie jones has a lot of uh huh. You know, like this really innocence to him. And this one doesn't really have it. Um, so yeah, there's just like little nitpicky things. I still think it's a cute movie. I don't think it's like horrible. It's just, it's hard when Pinocchio's the greatest animated film of all time. And yeah, you know. it's, it's, it's an un,
2: it's an unbearably terrible bar to ever try to set your, set your, set your sights on. Like who, you're, you're not going to beat. There's no amount of CG, no amount of script reworking, no matter of Chris Pine references. That's going to capture the same magic of looking at these underwater effects that they drew by hand. Yeah, and and went and went through seamlessly in the multi-plane camera for certain shots of that city that are going to match whatever you can put on the that there you can't match that it's 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 a singularly great art form that i don't mind these remakes i love that jungle book one a lot i like the beauty and the beast one just fine but there's there's too much reliance on this like all that money that they're putting into this could have gone into to resurrecting a hand-drawn art form for one of their animated films
1: and I also like, I mean, there's little details in it. I loved, uh, like I said, I mentioned Pinocchio. I loved his design. Um, also, I loved when Jimmy, Jiminy Cricket would jump. It was a cricket chirp. I mm-hmm. thought it was a really cute little thing they did. Oh, yeah. Uh, there's an, um, you know, uh, who's, the, who's the lady who plays the Blue Fairy? Oh, Cynthia Riva, Yeah. Yeah. Like her voice is spectacular. Like she does a great job with. Um, I wish Wendy she was in the, the movie more. I wish
2: she was in the movie more.
1: Yeah, her her entrance reminds me of the kid in uh, Thor: Love and Thunder. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly, you know. It's I don't know. You can tell she's not there with any of them. I mean, obviously she's (laughs) acting with CGI characters, but she's not in that room. I I don't know. Like it, like the movie's harmless, and I don't. I don't know if I'll I'll probably watch it again just because I love Pinocchio, but. Um, it's not one I go out to see you know if you're asking me about the Disney remakes I think Jungle Book's probably the best one followed really closely by Cinderella and mm-hmm. um, yeah I think those are probably the best ones even Aladdin I think has a certain amount of energy but um yeah I was just you're trying to replicate something that they did well with Lion King and Jungle Book that just hasn't. um, And I mean, the Lion King remake isn't that great, but it made, you know, $1.5 billion. So what do we know? Nothing.
2: Absolutely nothing. Say it again.
1: All right. This is the big news story of the week.
2: It's real
1: news.
2: D23 happening. That's the biggest story of the week. Yeah. <laughs> um, so um, let's get this off the bat. Mermaids are fake, so I don't give a shit who they cast as long as they're a good actor who can play the part. And I'm tired of racists on the internet. All right. <laughs> now you
1: guys can just talk about D23. Um, I, I, I think even watching the little mermaid uh, teaser I got the same vibe as I got from every Disney live action remake is what are they going to do to make this fun? I mean, I don't care about who Ariel is, but you know, it's, um, again, there's something that's, there's a charm to the cartoons that I mean already in the trailer, the underwater looks spectacular and it looks so lifelike that it loses some of the charm. Um, you know, um, what I loved about flounder is flounders in real life are really ugly fish, but in, you know, the little mermaid, he's cute little yellow and blue guy. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I mean, I'll always reserve judgment. I mean, the, I don't even know oh, yeah. the the lady's name, but she has a killer voice too. And
2: Oh, Hallie, I mean, Hallie, uh, Bailey. Hallie Bailey. Yeah.
1: Um, but you know, that's one of the most famous, disney songs ever that uh part of your world you know so
2: she sings it really well
1: oh no she's i'm sure she's incredibly talented i i don't know where she's from because i'm old so yeah, yeah. That's
2: it it looks good but there was also other stuff that came out of there um the, there was some footage apparently shown of snow white that hasn't hit the internet but space it, it seems like it looks interesting from the description. Um, but we also got a secret invasion trailer for the Marvel universe out there. Um, I'm excited.
0: Let's talk about the Mandalorian.
2: Um, hey, Corinne, how about we talk about a Samuel L. Jackson television show?
0: Don't care.
2: <laughs> I only
0: care about Din Djarin, sexiest motherfucker in the Star Wars universe.
2: Okay. I guess Ooh. so. Let's talk and about... his
0: beautiful 50-year-old son, Grogu. <laughs> That's
2: fair. That's so funny. <laughs> yeah. M- Mandalorian's been talked about a lot.
0: <laughs> Not enough. Not okay. on this so, podcast. So,
1: what are we going to talk about? What, what did you want us to talk about, the Mandalorian, Corinne? I mean, you just uh, I'm just really excited. Jack talking about Secret Invasion.
0: Eh. So, oh, you uh, know, I, I'm just excited. We're going to go, we're going to see Mandalore again. We're going to have all these other, you know, Mandalorians coming in. Bo Katan's coming back. Lots of stuff going on. Very excited. Redemption arc for, for Din after, you know, he might have to do some kind of like a spiritual thing, spiritual cleansing. Become ruler of Mandalore. I don't know. I'm excited to find out.
1: I guess. You're so excited you can't even put into words why you interrupted Zach talking about secret invasion.
0: <sighs> I don't know. I'm just like so burnt out on the MCU at this point. Although I, I do I, admit that trailer looks good. It's got that kind of thriller espionage vibe to it.
2: Yeah, it's it's like a James Bond television show but with Marvel and the the crawl. <laughs> so I'm, I'm or the Cree. sorry. So I'm very
0: No, the scrolls.
2: The scrolls, yeah, sorry, whatever. The the beings that, that were in Captain Marvel. Uh I am looking forward to that show cuz I want Nick Fury to have a television show and uh I'm down for that um but yeah i mean was there anything else at d23 that stood out to anybody else here
1: uh i mean it's there's lots of fun things we have the thunderbolts roster was announced Um, yeah they they announced uh you know some video games that are coming out and they announced a mickey documentary that i want to see coming out yeah Oh my God, that looks cool. (laughs) Which I I follow Floyd Norman on Facebook. And if you don't, you really should. Um, He's a Disney animator and he always posts really fun things that he's drawn. And like yesterday, he just posted Aurora from Sleeping Beauty and he's, you know, draws so well. Um, But he talked about that he's finally able to talk about the Mickey documentary, which gets me excited. Um,
2: He was one of the last... uh people that's still live right now that worked directly with walt
1: yeah i think his first movie was the jungle book actually if i remember correctly yeah um i, I could be off either, on that but i think i'm right it's um, either that
2: or 101 dalmatians it's one of those two yeah
1: I think right it's around Walt's last two go ahead sorry brad
3: i think it's jungle because i just listened to his interview on malton on movies um he didn't talk about 101 dalmatians he talked about jungle books so
1: Oh yeah no he's he's great um so if you you should follow him um he's really fun on facebook um and i mean he's an animator and amazing so um yeah no i think it looks like fun stuff um you know they also dropped, go ahead
0: oh they dropped a trailer for disenchanted the enchanted sequel which looks awesome they're going to kind of flip it on its head and bring the fairy tale world into the real world and then also they dropped a trailer for Hocus Pocus too, but I don't care about that as much.
1: Well, I know my wife's really excited. She loves the first Hocus Pocus.
2: Why do so. you two want to make Mick Garris cry? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> who? Mick Garris. He's a horror director who came up with a concept for Hocus Pocus, and that's why we all have Hocus Pocus today.
1: Yeah. So no, like my—I mean, I'm—I'm not the biggest fan of it, but my wife loves it. So oh yeah, no,
2: it's—it's got a good fan base. It's—it's got plenty of adoration.
1: That's fine. So yeah, just fun stuff happening at D23.
2: Yeah. Oh yeah, and that Avatar movie that is supposedly coming out got mm -hmm. talked more about. So, but again, I'll believe it when I see
1: it. Yep. Um, I know it's coming out because Brad and I have this huge conspiracy thing about those movies that's why shazam is it coming out because they only want avatar to be there and every time avatar titanic comes out they always add to its grosses so avatar is coming out i think actually this week or next and so mm-hmm. when it comes out they'll add it to its overall total and spider-man no way home has two separate ones on box office mojo for it's like the re-release like what the hell is this bullshit um but yeah anywho i understood <laughs> the camera just paid off hollywood yep
0: i hate avatar oh uh, i'm so not looking forward to the sequel
1: yeah i don't know i'm indifferent to it i mean i'm gonna have to see it because no other freaking movies are out that week um yep sweet yeah here's the w- sorry uh here's the one thing you either recommend or the one thing you want to talk about because it's so bizarre or so bad so uh yeah, this is the stuff we've been watching Corinne start us off
0: okay, so I gotta recommend the Lego Batman movie. I just got to watch it for the first time like a week or so ago wow. honestly. Yeah, I know, I'm disappointed in myself I hadn't seen it before, but at least I finally got around to watching it, and it was awesome. Obviously, I appreciated all the meta jokes that they throw in there, but I also appreciated that the movie just stands on its own two two legs, and it gives Batman this really nice arc, brings the Bat family into this universe, which uh, obviously a lot of the more serious ones, it's always got to be like, Batman off and brooding in the corner all by himself, but then if, like, In the comics and a lot of the animated shows, he has his sidekicks. He has his, you know, adopted kids and stuff. So, it's like, why isn't this... Why are we always getting the loner, brooding Batman on the cinema, you know, the silver screen? Like, why can't we have, you know, the family man Batman too? So, yeah. It was just a lot of fun. Really great animation. So, I I would... I don't know if I'd put it quite on, like, a Spider-Verse level, but I can understand how other people do.
1: Yeah, I mean, I don't think it's as deep as that, but I think it's the second best Lego movie. I think the first Lego movie is the best one. That one's really close to to it.
0: I've still um, never seen the original Lego movie.
1: That's really fun. I've seen fun. the
0: sequel for some reason, and I've seen the, the Batman one now, but I haven't seen the original
2: that that mm. first one is what convinces you that they should keep making Lego movies. <laughs> and yep. then the Batman one reminds you, yeah, this can still
1: work.
0: <laughs> I like and the then, second they, one.
1: Yeah, yeah, the second one's fun. And then they make, you know, Ninjago, and you go, okay. <laughs> it's not horrible. It's all right.
0: I just well, love the uh, song number in the Lego movie, too, where they're singing about, like, not into Gotham City, guys. <laughs>
2: is <laughs> perfect. Anyway, Zach? me. Oh, wow. Um I'm going to go ahead and recommend you all uh, go back to 1922, 100 years ago, uh when FW Murnau possibly played by John Malkovich uh directed a man named Max Schreck possibly played by Willem Dafoe uh in a movie called Nosferatu. Um <clears throat> I'm rewatching it for Ballyhoo and God damn it. I love that movie. It is a very, uh, it's just such a lovely, moody film, uh, that exp- like tries very hard to fully adapt Stoker's novel. And it's just, it's just a glory to watch. I, I watched it on the Kino Restoration and.
1: Yeah, it's a good one.
2: Yeah, it's beautiful. The score is fantastic. The, the recreation of the original score is fantastic. Um, and just kind of watching how much they get away with. I've never noticed this before Ryan because every time I watched it it was always like on a phone or something when I was in high school but uh, or like an iPod touch but when he's attacking the ship and he gets the captain at the back of the boat and he smashes it there's blood splatters on the back of that boat yeah I just I, I I knew the movie was was terrifying but I didn't remember it being that violent um and to watch it at the end and have everything become as tragic as it does it's just remarkable to see unfold the only thing that i finally sat up and just said it out loud was was like professor bulver is is the van helsing equivalent i guess um and his specialty is botany and it's in a it's a good excuse to watch a venus flytrap in action during one scene but uh, I was just like, man, like, does nobody can touch Edward Van Sloan as Van Helsing? Like, that's that's the that's the top tier, <laughs> and it's like the one thing that Murnau's film is lacking is a formidable Van Helsing kind of character. Um, but I think if you did have that in there, it would destroy the arc of the film that's being created with Nosferat or Count Orlok being able to kind of like channel. Um, ellen the uh lucy equivalent from afar um and so um or mina equivalent uh so it's 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 kind of like just dazzling to still watch even if it doesn't have all the full dracula elements at play um so if you want to check it out i really recommend that keynote blu-ray is only like what 20 bucks um and it's yeah and it you get a full documentary on murnau you get the version with the original German subtitles, which I might go through again before I record with Henry on Sunday. Um, but it, it was just absolutely worth it. And I will throw in the caveat: uh, if you've got Shakespeare shitstorm in your town, go check it out. It is an unabashed drama movie, <laughs> and it was uh, it was an interesting and very fun raucous time at the movies.
1: Yeah, it's uh, yeah. I would recommend um, No 2. Well- too. 100 year old movie it's has some scary stuff in it Whereas <laughs> what's the uh one thing you want to talk about this week
3: uh yeah i don't know i don't really have one um i saw a bunch of stuff but uh actually because uh i i re-upped my um netflix subscription so i've been just burning through as much as i've, I've missed to uh you know before i cancel it again so I just,
0: a new season of Cobra Kai come out.
3: Yeah. So I watched Cobra Kai. I watched uh stranger things. I watched the rise of the TMNT movie and I'm watching better call Saul right now. And uh yeah, all those things are great. So, <laughs> um, but I get I, I just realized since Zach didn't talk about it, I watched Shakespeare, Shakespeare shit which I don't know if it's a movie I'd recommend, but it's definitely a movie with the most stuff in it <laughs> ever. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, it's the trauma movie that we saw last Thursday premiered in, uh, the C film center. And, uh, you know, Lloyd Kaufman was there. Um, it's the first film he's directed in a while, I guess, right?
2: It's been about three years since in between the last Nukem oh. High film, I believe.
3: Okay. Um, and yeah, it's, um, is a return to, uh, him aping Shakespeare and putting a, a, a schlocky, uh, offensive, um, trashy <laughs> spin on it. Um, and like I said, it, I, I watched it, and it was just like it had everything in the kitchen sink, and it, any anything offensive you can think of, it was in there.
2: Yeah, so, yeah.
3: Um, amazingly creative, uh, especially and ambitious for a person of his age, and um, uh, I commend him for it. I can't say it's a an experience I would recommend to everybody. Um, But if you can stomach uh, a lot of crudity, then uh I, I think it's it's definitely fun. I, I'd say I had a fun time watching it.
2: Yeah, it's a it's a film that I don't agree with every satirical point he's making. But I I recommend that people check it out if they're looking for somebody who is not tethered to any system to watch what they're able to unpack for 93 minutes. Um, it is, it's, and it's got a weird amount of scope in it for a movie that is clearly that low budget.
3: Yeah. For that budget, um, it, it, there's a lot. There's a lot in it. Um, they, they do a lot with that money. So
2: yeah. No, yeah. You want to see the dollar stretched as far as it can go. That's, that's the film, but yeah, it's, it's worth, it's worth seeking out. Like I said, it's, it's not going to, as Brad said, it's not going to be for everybody, but it is definitely, it's worth a spin if you know what you're getting into.
1: I do um, watch Ryan. Uh the one thing I recommend is I'm gonna stay in the Bat family. Um, and it wasn't yeah. the latest episode of Harley Quinn. It was the one previously. Um, but it's a really fascinating look into Batman's origin, where it, it's been done to death, you know, his parents being murdered. And it, the the premise is is Harley and Poison Ivy are trying to figure out why Bruce Wayne kidnapped Ivy's uh, plant named Frank. And um, they don't know, obviously they don't know he's Batman, but um, they, they use uh, Dr. Psycho. They all go inside his brain and it deconstructs grief and guilt in a way that i've never seen done with batman before where basically when harley's in there um and they're trying to figure out where frank is at they learn that bruce batman deal, uh sees his parents being murdered all the time and that's what drives them so the, harley is trying to talk to a 9 year old bruce wayne about where they're keeping you know frank but she realizes that he's extremely traumatized by the events that took place and understanding why he's Batman. And she learns that Bruce Wayne is Batman. And as the nine year old Bruce Wayne, he's afraid to trust her, but she tells him, you know, it's client doctor privilege. And, um, when they come out of the trance, she still doesn't reveal to anybody else that Bruce Wayne is Batman. And there's like these really sweet moments with it. And it's really interesting how they deconstruct his origin um, in a way. And what I love about the Harley Quinn show is they have a lot of shocking. I don't know if shock is the right word, but revelations like that, whether it's an abusive relationship with the Joker and why someone keeps on going back or now why Bruce Wayne is traumatized constantly by his parents being murdered in front of him and why it drives him. And and deep down inside he's still a, a little kid trying to make sure his parents don't die. It's a really fascinating look into trauma that I didn't expect in a in a film. So or TV show, cartoon one nonetheless. Um so if you haven't been watching Harley Quinn, you really should. It's really great. And, what season
0: are they on now, Ryan? Four?
1: Uh it's the third. If you have, uh, and each ep- uh, each season, I think it's only 12 episodes. So they're not that long. And I actually, I think this one's only 10 coming up. And so, yeah, they're, they're really good. And it, it's a nice, it, it feels like it's the extension of the animated series if it was more raunchy and violent. <laughs> so, um, cause there's also a great, uh, Mr. Freeze episode. Um, but yeah, it's great. And just really quick, I'll plug to uh, Friday the 13th, part three and 3D in stereoscope on a big screen is awesome. Um You really appreciate the technic technicality and the work that went into making that film 3D. So, yeah, I verify. <laughs> yeah, I concur. You know, it's because it, you never know how it's going to work. But the things coming right at the camera, man, it was awesome. Um So, yeah, if you have a chance to see that, you should see it. Um stay tuned to next week where our movie of the week is going to be Pearl um which is a sequel to X which came out earlier in the year. So that was fast and cool. So that will be our film of the week.
2: Not doing Clerks 3?
1: Uh Clerks 3 is going to be next week um being that Brad is going to the Q&A with Kevin Smith and Great. so we're going to see if Brad will gather any insight that we can add to our review of Clerks 3. I have an extra ticket
3: if anyone wants it.
2: What day? No, <laughs> well, I guess we'll talk off mic.
1: <laughs> so, yeah. Thanks for uh, listening and we'll see you at the movies. Bye.
0: Bye. Well, real nerd knows who shot a real nerd.
1: Thank you to Sparks Mandrill, Mike at Plan 9 Studios, and Bolognium for all of our groovy theme songs. And that's how you fucking do it!